Hello, welcome back to List Stuff. My name's Nat. And I'm Ozzy. And uh, we've had a larger than, a longer than intended summer break. Some yeah. apologies for that. You know, it was nice. Yeah. Summer apologies. Summer apologies, yeah. That's, yeah. thanks. Come on, Kat, that's what you're doing. I, I, I didn't wasn't know if that was pun intended or none. All non puns pun are intended, intended, even if I didn't know I was doing them. I think that's a good general rule of thumb. I'll claim them. I think it's if like there's a football. pun there, it's like, yeah, of course. It's like in football. If, you score, if a footballer scores a goal and it was clearly meant to be a pass or something, or if it like bobbled off someone's bum, they yeah. always go, no, I meant it. I meant it. And yeah, yeah. claim it. Claim it. And I think yeah. it's the same with puns. Yeah. I was going to, uh, yeah, we should carry on. I was going to talk to you a bit about football then, but it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But so probably not then. All right. How was your summer? God, it feels really uneventful. I haven't been away. I was uh, working. I haven't necessarily been that busy either. Uh, and if anything, it's been this I didn't do. So I had a bit more free time. Um, I had bits of bits more free time than I normally do. But because I wasn't, I was still also working. It doesn't feel like I had any free time. Yeah. So uh, it's been a, a weird mix of, of stuff, but generally fine. How's your summer been? I think it's good. I mean, you know, it's a lot of childcare uh, when the kids sure. are off school for six weeks and like they started the sum summer, like not knowing how to play with each other because they'd forgotten, you know, had to spend a lot of time together. Then after a week, they learn that. And then after another three weeks, they get tired of that. And they're fighting for the rest of it. So, you know, by, by the time of getting them back to school at the end of summer, or starting school for the little one, it was like, this is great. Bye. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's, that's, that, it's, I wouldn't wish it to be longer like I did when I was a kid. Put it that way. Right. But the highlight um, of my summer is definitely becoming an uncle. Um, that's right. I, you know, I've, I did very uh, little to become an uncle, just existing, oh. really, having a sister. But it's um, I'm trying to now work uncle jokes into my dad joke repertoire, but uh, yeah. I was so going to say, might, do you feel like it's, it's in the same ballpark, or do you feel that you can be avuncular in a different way than you would be as a father? I think uh, I think being an uncle comes naturally. I think it's easy. I think it's yeah. I think I think, but I've you have to you have to sort of become a dad and work your yeah out whereas i think i can i can work out how to be an uncle no probs the thing i'm always wary of i feel that you've got sort of license to give uh kids sweets if you're an uncle mm -hmm. as in uh nieces and nephews yep. but you don't feel any responsibility of uh having them being given sweets that might make them yeah, I think, I think grandparents, and that's general rule, like kind of grandparents, uncles, just got to deal with it. You don't have, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not your problem to make sure their teeth don't rot. That's like yeah. their parents' problem. And, you know, you, yeah, you're on the kid's side, I think. That's fine. But do you feel that you'll be a more responsible uncle in that kind of thing? You'll have more of a perspective. I I, I may be like, I, I know the rules of the parenting and stuff. So I guess mm. in that way, I might not, but then I might just decide to break them because it's not my kids. So, you know. Yeah. Could be say. good. Could be good. Yeah, that's definite, definite highlight. Amazing. Beautiful yeah. baby. What are we doing this week? This week we're doing things beginning with K. 
Okay. How did you find coming up with the K list? It is hard, isn't it? Any letter where um, it has a rival letter with the same sound, you know, C, for instance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's hard. I was asking the kids, what do you think is good beginning with K? And they were like, cake! And I was like, no, it's not beginning with K. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else? You know, just loads of stuff that we can just see. So I think K very much the the niche, the overlooked K. Yeah. No. It's it feels a bit alternative, doesn't it, K? Yeah, it's, it's the alternative C. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, yeah, you're right. In the shadow. Yeah. It's Especially like a in C the can also do, you know, s and ch. Chus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and K K's is just K's just stuck there being K really. K sounds, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think there is a another sound you can make. You can get cruz, but you can also do that with a C. I guess you've got the silent K. I didn't think of that. Huh. Anything with a silent K that I need to work in? Do you feel that you've got any controversial choices or anything in your case? I don't think controversial. I've got, I did write down my worst thing beginning with K. Uh, yeah, I've got some bad ones as well. Uh, we'll get to them afterwards so that in case anyone was wondering if they're going to be on the, on the top five, you never know. Sure, sure. You never know how awful we are. Yeah, um. <laughs> I thought it was a really strong one for music. Actually, K, it's a big one for music for me. So that that features heavily. I couldn't think of anything to eat beginning with K. Yeah, I got a couple of eats. Oh but yeah, only in only in um, yeah, but only in a kind of honourable mentions. Yeah, not in a full top five. My top five, I think, is controversial because of how much the top five was. It was too like my top five has changed every time I look at the list. Wow. And so I feel like it's made me feel like I don't know if I can st I can stand by the top five, but the ordering has been too like ah uh, I don't know, and I've been moving things around. That's as soon as I got the top five, every time I've looked at it since, I feel like I'm worried it won't feel definitive because I'll have by the time I get to my top one I'll be like ah, ah, that do you is good feel day. like your list of muscles have atrophied? Over Maybe the last... that's it. Whereas I feel like that's a, the important thing as well is to have it top five in order. Um, order. Yeah, the order matters. I'm happy with it, but I'm happy with it right now rather than like if I like I feel like if I heard this in a year or a week or a month, would I be like, what were you thinking? Yeah. Why is that there? <laughs> My number five is Kermit the Frog. Ooh. That's controversial because he was your like number one puppet. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. It feels <laughs> like this is it. It feels like I'm kind of a bit like should probably be higher, but then I'm kind of trying to dig deep and go like, I feel like, oh no, no. Cause he's in the top five. I'm not going to knock him, but I do sort of wonder if he has lost some luster for me in the past maybe six or seven years but not in a not in a he's still top five he's still yeah. very important i think he's like i really like that he is the bridge between the muppet show and sesame street yeah. and i think that is very important for the kind of shared universe i've always thought existed even though it's confusing now because they obviously have two different owners how that kind of slightly uh messes with uh uh the format I never know, like, the Children's Television Workshops feels very separate from the Disney Muppets now, and yet Kermit 
seems very much like he's in Sesame Street. He's definitely the same guy. Yeah, I don't know if he appears in Sesame Street now. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, I wonder if they have drawn a line. Yeah. They may have got it written into the contract that he could be in both. Yeah, I mean, but certainly he's an important figure. He is kind of an everyman of sorts. But then I was thinking that, is he? He's sort of, he's one of those characters who is both like lovable, but then I also like about him is he's kind of flawed. He's not, he's not a great, he's like, he's a, he's a great guy, but he's not, he's not perfect. perfect. He's flawed. Yeah, he's flawed. And he's not always the best partner. Uh, And frequently not always the best partner, but I feel like it's a, there's a lesson to be learned there. And, uh, um, and in some ways, I kind of think of him like, well, he's like an everyman. And I go, is he? And sometimes I think I can relate to Kermit. And sometimes I think, I don't know if I can relate to Kermit. You know, he's a sort of, in this sort of weird world, I guess he's a sort of meant to be the kind of straightest one in the kind of odd world of the Muppets. Yeah. Um, but it's not to take anything away from him. Whatever, you know, however I feel about him, He's still high up, and it would seem weird for him not to be in a top five. My number five is the 1997 Martin Scorsese film, Kundun. Ah. It is my favorite film, beginning with K. I'm pretty sure about that. And I absolutely love the film Uh, for lots of reasons. You know, it's, it's the black sheep of the of the Martin Scorsese canon you know it's like what did you make I made a ton of films about guys in New York you know some of them were gangsters some of them looked like comedians or something but like they would you know it was that and it's like and, and what else oh yeah I made a film about the Dalai Lama you know and it's just and there's there's because you don't have all the kind of comparisons to his other films you really can see just what his filmmaking is is kind of uh his actual direction where can you draw the parallels there because texturally and you know topically it's you know thousands of miles away uh but it's still a it's a fantastic film you know it's really one of my favorite films of his and i love the soundtrack um i think i think i've seen koyan before I saw Kundun, because I used to show it on Channel 4 in the middle of the night, sort of every week, you know, it was like... Another K film. Another K film. Not as good of a film, but it's quite a thing to watch. But so I was vaguely aware of Philip Glass, but like the, the soundtrack for Kundun to me is like astonishing. Absolutely. It's that thing of a film soundtrack where the film really influences the music. So Philip Glass, I love Philip Glass, an awful lot of his music sounds like the rest of his music, you know, like this is a minimalist classical composer who by being minimalist is sort of essential, you know, I mean, he's essentialist. Everything is, is like, you know, a bit of piano, a bit of chimes or something, a bit of vocal, but it's doing the similar sorts of things. And because of doing this, you know, Tibetan film, he got these Tibetan singers in and, made the in the gong sounds and all this it's incredible so he like pushed him to do something very different and it's incredible absolute jewel in his his career as well 
and it's written by um, Melissa Matheson, who was who wrote E.T. and was married to Harrison Ford and, you know, and did the Indian in the cupboard with Frank Oz. It's another Frank Oz Muppet uh, connection. And I just think it's a mind-boggling film. I went to see it twice at the cinema. It's beautiful beyond all belief. It's kind of like a fantasy film. You know, it has magic stuff in it or, you know, mystical religious stuff in it that I don't believe in remotely. But it it's it presents it as kind of fact, you know, like, mm. a, like a fantasy film would. You know, this is the world that we're in and the incredible kind of castle that they recreated. For, it's just incredible. It's unbelievable film. Love it. I uh, I don't I was trying to think of if I've seen it since it came out, but I remember loving it when it came out and it made and it's actually it's really when you're talking about it, it's like oh yeah I have to see this again. But I did I mean like I don't know if it's necessarily like a black sheep. I guess it oh, is. Maybe black not sheep. Even I mean like, like maybe that's no one I mean. talks about it now. No one talks about it. People make jokes it, it about does... it. People make jokes about it. It's almost like a meme film now. It's like, hey, did you know yeah. Marty Scorsese made a film about? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a kind of like, did you know? You know, oh, for yeah. younger generations, it's like, what? Has it got like, you know, guys with guns? It's like, no, it hasn't got guys with. Guns. You know, is it? It's it's yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like no. It's a really good movie from what I re- and and certainly it is like that. Very kind of mystical, almost like. But yeah, exactly. Like you say, it's got, it almost feels like you're watching some sort of fantasy, but it's, you know, it's about a real life guy because it's, it follows the rule of the rules that people are living by, which seem kind of crazy. And why are we doing this? And why are we doing that? Um, yeah, no, I remember really liking it though. And uh, I hadn't, I was trying to think who did the soundtrack, but I wonder even if I'd known who Philip Glass was when I'd seen it. But that's interesting, yeah. No, I remember it being a really kind of like really good movie when it when I saw it though, and it was sort of, would have come out at the time when when I was kind of getting more and more into films, and and I remember like you know I'm going to see the new Martin Scorsese movie. It felt a bit like that, and right? Being because like a, I think had the ambulance one been out just before it. Oh, bringing out the dead. Yeah, I'd seen. But it'd that been too. a while. Like it, I, I think yeah. then before that is Casino. Is it wasn't the very prolific period, so it felt like a big deal. Yeah. Like he's got the film out. Um, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's about the Dalai Lama, the, yeah. the the current Dalai Lama, but his sort of early years, him coming to, coming into his role, regenerating. Yeah. You know, and 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 then the invasion by. Uh, Mao and everything and it's just it's it's got it's just got incredible sort of set pieces and Mm. of of sort of massacre and things and and the color the color palette of it is astonishing i was just thinking of it in terms of like films now and just going that that you would have the budget to do that now like because i guess it was at a time someone had gone like oh we're doing this film about uh the Dalai Lama, oh, Martin Scorsese, but I'm going to need this much money. And they go, oh, you're Martin Scorsese, huh? Sure. Yeah. It's like that sort of kind of like, yeah, it's got just an would incredible, never happen. It's got an incredible budget, actually, <laughs> for, for for what was never going to be a very successful film. You know, like, yeah. it, it's a purely, really an art house film. You know, the yeah. most it could hope for is like to do, to win some awards and, you know what I mean? To yeah. play in art house cinemas. I, I know I saw it at the... Uh, abc shaftesbury avenue 
what's now called the Odeon Covent Garden. But yeah, that it was. I saw it at least twice, at least twice in cinema. Love it. Yeah, it's a really good movie. And so someone who's like makes films where he's kind of obsessed with his own Catholicism. I guess it probably there's probably a lot of that in it as well, and him following his own little religious kind of push me pull you life he leads and applying it to a completely different religion and discipline and things yeah that's really um yeah that's a good one didn't even occur to me and uh, nice to be reminded of it Ah! my number four is the band the kinks it sort of felt like oh yeah they should be in there i need to have the kinks in there Again, placing was difficult, but they've landed in number four. Plus, I'd had Waterloo Sunset in my uh, best W's. things, beginning with W's, yeah. and it felt like, oh, man. But but then that doesn't even leave on anything that's on Village Green Appreciation Society or anything like that. And, you, and I do think, like, I'm sort of always wary of, like, um, uh, Ray and Dave Davis as people that I always think are going to, like, like, are they going to do something that's going to horrify me at some point in their personal lives? <laughs> and they, they, so far, so good. And they're, they're knocking on now. And um, I saw, um, uh, I saw Ray Davis in a pub uh, a couple of years ago in um, Highgate. And you go, oh, wow, it's Ray Davis, the actual Ray Davis. And I think, you know, it's not like they're a band who who haven't been uh, lauded or, but I do think they are like, I think in some ways they kind of don't get their due because there's something, they're never really doing what you think anyone would want them to do. So I don't think they're ever going to be the Stones or mm. the Beatles because they're always just doing like their own little kind of, quite kind of folksy songs about real life that are kind well, of yeah well they change tack like when the, you know they've got fans who are like oh, i love the stuff you're doing they're like yeah we're gonna do something quite different and yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, we're not gonna do what everybody wants us to do i mean i i my favorite kink stuff is is the early stuff which is it's punk you know what i mean it's it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. garage rock it's you know you you know you really got me all day yeah. and all the night that stuff to me is like you really got me still sounds it sounds far more yeah. you know uh visceral and yeah. noisy than the, the sex pistols or stuff that was happening 10 years later or whatever you know what i mean it's, it's, it's yeah. insane how how hard that that rocks you know and i, I really like that that people always do that thing like unlike especially like american people they go yeah well that's the first uh the godfathers of heavy metal the kinks and you also go yeah but it's funny it's funny they're also the kinks they're also yeah, they're, they're the village green <laughs> preservation society you know? it's like they're that guy and it's this sort of like how they've got these different audiences for what they're yeah. doing and they're to, to certain people they're this band and to other people they're this other band whereas i think again they're probably just sort of following their muse and and doing things which at the time i guess would be uh, that you wouldn't get now where they're not really doing things that are particularly commercial mm. But they like they'll probably do something later that will that will be a hit, and I guess it's that funny thing of like when record companies just kind of go, I guess we will just stick with these guys, and well, I don't know, we could, yeah, it's this you, or get someone new. 
it also depends how much money you want to make. Like, you know, mm. it's very easy to compare them to the who and the who yeah. for large chunks of the last 50 years have really pursued making money, you know, and, and doing yeah. big tours and, you know, making musicals and films and all this thing, you know, like they've, they pushed that really hard. And I, that, I think the kinks would probably just, like you say, they'd probably like being able to go in a pub in North London, you know? Yeah. 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 I do. I used to. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> they're, they're great. They are great. I think, I think for me, like not being a kind of rocky, folky albums guy, it's like, yeah, it's the singles to me that, that I have in the collection and, and think of. But yeah, you know, to most of their fans, they're like, it's all about these kind of concept albums and stuff. And Yeah, but I think that, but it is that they've kind of got both, really. Mm -hmm. I think that's really kind of exciting. And, and I think it's just like people also getting older and going, I, I've, you know, it's like people that, that, that are f performing and making music at a time they're still young enough to be learning about stuff mm -mm -mm. Go, yeah, oh, i've just found out about thing and then it sort of that comes into whatever they're doing next or whatever yeah absolutely. Hey, i've just heard this i've read this book i've done this it's better it makes it all the more baffling when you have bands that sound the same when they're 19 yeah. as when they're 49 you know that yeah yeah well, 79 you know i mean yeah no that it makes it's, it's very it's very right to to oh. grow and change and stuff for a band uh, my number four is Kung Fu movies, <laughs> not Kung Fu. Cause <laughs> like, I don't do Kung Fu, you know, I, I, uh, I wouldn't go and watch some guys doing Kung Fu. Really. Sure. I mean, like if they were doing it in the street, I'd probably watch, you know, like what's going on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> much better than watching a normal fight. But that's my thing about Kung Fu movies. I'm not a massive action film person. I really don't like watching kind of punch in the face action films. I don't like martial arts really. Like I don't like watching boxing, I find it miserably brutal and horrible. I don't get a lot out of watching any, any kind of fighting stuff like that, like uh, sword fighting or something, but I like it quite fantastical and Kung Fu's kind of balletic choreo, heavily choreographed, incredible precision, implausible things that I love that. It's just an incredible art to me. And whether it's like, you know, oldies, your, your Bruce Lee's and your Shaw brothers and, you know, golden harvest and stuff or, or, or really modern stuff just mind-boggling in a different way i i love it all and it's not something I, I watch much of now but i really loved kung fu movies growing up you know as a young man absolutely fantastic and when other stuff that i was a young like i liked as a young man disappears and i think oh why did i watch all that especially a lot of kind of more violent kind of films with lots of guns in and stuff and i think like oh, i couldn't even watch that film now you know if i think of stuff i think of some of those like Takeshi Kitano violent cop kind of films, you know, that mm. most of those films, even when they've got beautiful bits, just, just horribly violent, you know? And I, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to feel like watching that, but I feel like watching a Jackie Chan movie, a proper, yeah, yeah, a proper yeah. Jackie Chan movie, you know, police story or something incredible. I feel like it's something I am. I only really have a kind of ankle deep knowledge of what I've seen 
I really like, but I still feel like it's something that I kind of always feel like I should probably try and take more of a deep dive into that. But I feel slightly like I, I don't like them as much as I feel like when I do, I go like, I'm missing something here. I'm not getting the full context of this. But I do, you know, every time I kind of make an effort with any, I, I love it. And certainly stuff like, you know, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee are all very much like, um, got it. Yeah. Got it. I like the premise. I like it. I guess the difference is that in a way, there, there are films where people are getting hurt making those films. But generally, if they are, it's because something's gone a bit wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's totally. like someone's, someone has been kicked in the face. But it was like it's a bit like oh sorry, everyone's like sorry, like it's sorry. Bit... Yeah. <laughs> they did get kicked in the face still, but yeah. it wasn't really meant to happen, or it was only meant to like hit them a bit, and they've like ended up with like a bloody nose or something. Well, generally, but, you like, know. generally the accidents were from 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 cutting corners for saving money. So Jackie yeah, Chan yeah. or somebody would be like, no, 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 that's like seven different shots. I'll just jump off the helicopter into the back of the truck in real life, and you can film that. And that will save us like twenty thousand dollars. You know, like, how 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 much will it save us in the time you're going to be in hospital? Don't yeah, worry well, about that, that. That happens though. On some <laughs> of those films, that happens, and it's like, of I remember being like, you know, people being like, oh, if you look at this shot, you can see that's not him, and all the long shots, that's not him because he was in hospital. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but with that as well, it's that kind of thing, and we'll also put it at the end so everyone can laugh at me getting hit by a lorry, and you go, sure, that sounds. That's healthy. Yeah. But they really was. I was in hospital. So, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so laugh yeah. all you like, but I am, I have been really hurt. I love, I loved it when, you know, after kind of we have like the, the humor ping, you know, where he kind of crossed over and there was oh, yeah. like the matrix and uh, crouching tiger, which is, you know, not, not Kung Fu it was Wuja or whatever, you know, it's fantasy historical type thing. But like, for that little while when you had a hollywood movie the fighting in it was like choreographed kung fu and i loved that for a bit and it feels mm. like now now finally that's kind of worn off for the most part i'm interested to see this shang chi film to see if you can bring mm. it back a bit because i really like i you know i like watching these marvel movies and everything but the amount of punch in the face stagger backwards punch in the face it's like it feels like we've gone back in time, especially if you watch something like Netflix shows they do. Ah, oh, jeez, just punchy, facey, punchy. I hate that stuff. Like the worst for me, like that ever. <laughs> the anti kung fu for me is, do you know that every which way but loose films? The, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. with orangutan films. Of course, they 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 <laughs> have the most stupidest, awful fight scenes ever, right? Aren't just, they like they they sort of almost take turns punching each other? They take turns like, like staggering forward, throwing a huge haymaker into their face, and then they don't fall over. They just stagger yeah. and then come back with a huge one. Like no one attempts to not get punched in the face, but also <laughs> there are no repercussions from getting punched in the face. Sure, yeah, horrible, horrible, yeah. But the but the orangutan does orangutan. give people the finger and stuff. It does give people the finger. So yeah. swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Swings and roundabouts. Three. My number three is Kurt Russell. It's a good um, K. It's a good K. King Kurt, I always think of. Incredible career. Incredible. When you kind of think of it like 
he, now he's kind of like character actor. In the eighties, he's star. Up until mid to late nineties, he's star. He's now kind of getting older, being a character actor, but he's also child star in like late sixties, uh, mid sixties TV does films, becomes the kind of poster boy of uh, Walt Disney movies in the early 70s, uh, which resulted in perhaps uh, uh, a comedy routine that uh, was was successful for me. So I have a lot of time for him personally. <laughs> uh, um, but also, even as a kid, growing up with the sort of John Carpenter movies, and especially stuff like Big Trouble in Little China, where he's this kind of completely unlikely leading man where mm. he's not brave. He's like, he's almost just trying to get his truck back and he's not, he's not interested in any other kind of storylines that's happening, but he's there um, and being kind of funny and able to do that kind of, he's a leading man. But I think the reason why he never really took off in a big way as a leading man, because he's always kind of winking and being a bit like, I'm not really like that guy. I'm like a comedian. Mm. I'm pretending to be a leading man. Um, and so I was always a big fan of him growing up. And he is one of those people that however, like almost however old he is, he's super charming mm. on screen. He is like an old fashioned movie star because he's all like, it's just like, I really like this guy. And you respond in a way when you're a kid. And the older I get, and he's got older, and I've seen films when he's younger and films when he's older, he's still got this thing where he's like, he's still probably almost for me, he's one of like the kind of ultimate movie stars, even though I guess he's, his career is probably, like the period he was a movie star is probably four years. Other than that, he's kind of an actor in low budget movies and or he's character actor. But still, it's almost like, like you could still probably put him in a lead in a film now and everyone would go, oh yeah, sure, Kurt Russell, I'll allow it. Because he's still got this, like, he's still got such a kind of charisma. I really like um, that he's had this incredibly long marriage to uh, Goldie Horn. I really like seeing uh, when she puts stuff on Instagram, there's a great one where it's his birthday and they're going out for a day out. And they're just super charming couple. And they sort of act a bit like, oh, it's me and the old ball and Shane. And they're all a bit like, Bruh. and it's like, yeah, but you're Goldie Horn and he's Kurt Russell. And it's that sort of, I find them super charming as a couple. I find him like incredibly charming as a leading man. Uh, and also in his filmography are tons of movies I love. Like he's probably like for someone who's good, it's easy for him to like because you can watch a whole bunch of his movies and be like happy with this. Mm. You're not losing out. You can watch, yeah. you could do it. You could program yourself a little Kurt Russell season and they could all be brilliant films and go brilliant. You don't have to sit through anything bad. Not to say, I mean, he's definitely made some bad films, Yeah, but you could, you could get, you could probably get, seven or eight really good movies back to back 
and be like happy all these. And from like you said, like really different eras of his career. Like you've mm. got Disney kids movies, right? You've got John Carpenter films. This is, you know, yeah. just pretty much on the far horror side of mainstream filmmaking and pretty yeah. edgy stuff. I mean, you know, I'm not big trouble in little China, but you know what I mean? Like the the thing or, you know, it's, 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 and then, you know, overboard, you know? Yeah, of course. Overboard. Of course. That's number one for me. Hundred yeah, percent. That's the that, that's, that's the movie it. that launched it. That launched <laughs> the uh, the romance of the century. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I love it, and I love that they're still together. I think it's really sweet, and they're a really kind of like great. Love it. Love to see him. Uh, King Kurt, love him. Um, he was the one of the other weird facts about it, which he has no idea why. I guess it was just because they were making the movies at the time, but um, uh, he would have been. Oh, that actually probably predates those movies, which might be why they cast him in the first place. But on um, uh, when Walt Disney died, mm. the last thing Walt Disney ever wrote on a piece of paper was Kurt Russell. Ooh, that's it. That's a spooky thing. And also, he was uh, he was in Elvis at the World's Fair. That movie when he's a little child actor. Yep. And he plays Elvis when he grows up. Yep. Love it. Love all that stuff. Maybe Love it. Kurt Russell was the name of Walt Disney's uh, childhood sledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> do, you, do you like him in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie where he's like a creepy, uh, de-aged version of himself? Um, I'm not a big fan of that de-aging thing. Only because when they do it, I always think it's weird when they do it on actors where you go, yeah, but I know what they look like when they were that age. So you should reference that more, (laughs) right? It's like, it's like they do it with um, Michael Douglas as well in, in um, Endgame. And it's like, sure, but you didn't look like that then. You should just more, you shouldn't do a de-aging. You should look at those films and go, we should look like this, right? Because we know what you look like then. And so, um, you know, it's a bit like the I thing. Don't you love it in, in 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 TV programs and movies where they have a picture of the character when they were younger, and obviously the actor's been sent home. Like, can you get a picture from when you're about eighteen? You know, yeah. I love that. I love the process yeah. that they go through. Like, I don't have any pictures of that age. Oh, come on, go and fight. I like it mom. when they do it, and they go, uh, they do that. But what they produce is something that's meant to be like them at high school or something, but it's obviously like a headshot from when they're like young actors. And it's like, that's yeah. not going to be like what someone's going to have on their wall. Why would yeah. they have a headshot? What, what, what for? It's generally a wrong <laughs> angle as well. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. the head is sideways, put the body straight on. Love it. <laughs> Don't know what letter that begins with, but it'd be up there. My number three, it's all music from here. My number three is a double K It's Koji Kondo probably don't know koji kondo no, he's, I don't. He's very famous in a certain sphere of life he's the composer of the music the original music for the super mario and legend of zelda games for nintendo ah, okay. and he's a master absolutely i'm not one of these people that buys loads of uh video game soundtracks nowadays it's just orchestral music most of the time literally played by an orchestra recorded and played through the video game because there are no limits on the audio that's probably better quality on your 5.1 dolby surround setup that you play games on than it is on your stereo which is probably like a little uh, bluetooth speaker you can put in the shower or something you know but 
this is back when you know eight bit video games 16 bit and the, the you know those tunes even if you don't play a video game you know those mario mario themes you know the the overland and the underground themes themes from the original uh mario brothers just incredible they're just like etched into my every bit of my body it's just it's just the essential music and you can play them they've been re re interpreted and replayed and re-recorded a billion times and expanded into huge you can go and see you know op, you know full orchestral versions at, at the albert hall or something or you can just listen to this little 8-bit version of it and it's fantastic and the skill it takes to make music good because i've played all those old video games most of them have got terrible music you know and the best you can hope for is that it doesn't annoy you to death you know yeah yeah whereas mario and then to a lesser extent for me zelda because i don't think the early zelda music is that great but when it gets when he does get into the 90s and mid 90s and he gets to really do more with it and expand then that's that's when he really gets incredible with the zelda stuff but again it's just it's just tunes it's melodies and themes that come back to you and it's much like star wars music or something like that just a little hint of this little tune will give you the idea you know will we'll bring you this image you can throw it in anywhere in a game series it's it's incredible music it's incredibly talented guy and and did they keep him on at Nintendo? Was he someone who was yeah? I think they kept him for twenty out. years or more. I mean, he was the first person they hired to do music. So it was like you come and do music for us, you know. Before that, they'd you know done contracted people to do music for games, but he was the first person they brought. Like, you got to come in house and be our music guy. Yeah. And they had lots of other people work on other games later on. So it's not like he did all the Nintendo music, but he did the main Mario themes. Although not, I think the uh, the Game Boy game. I think that familiar tune is not him. Certainly not his style. I might be wrong. But the, and the Zelda. So it's like he just occupies this very special place. There's no one else really on that level from that era. You know, nowadays there's all kinds of video game composers. But the the budget you get to make a video game soundtrack is better than what you're going to get to make a film soundtrack. It's better than what you're going to get to make any other record. So it's not quite the same thing anymore. You know, you can get the best musicians in the world, the best studio, everything. Yeah. It's not. And also it's interesting, like you said, like the part of the interesting thing is built on the limitations you have. Absolutely. To produce that in the first place. You can only have certain tones or sounds. Absolutely. Or whatever. You can't, you can't do everything. Absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's an incredible thing to work with those, those restrictions and make great music that the, the melodies are so good that in our heads, we hear them as full pieces of music, you know? Actually, what we heard was just MIDI tones on a on a very cheap synthesizer inside a Nintendo console. You know, it's, yeah. it's, oh, it's, it's proper hero. And also, I think, although like I don't know, like <clears throat> when they do those kind of full orchestra things of uh, video game music, and it always feels a bit like there's an element of people kind of winking and being like, "Yeah, we're doing this." But the idea that that's possible, I guess, shows at the level of kind of music writing. That they are doing something which you can play to an orchestra so there must be a level of it where it's achievable in that form as well yeah i mean you have you can you can you could transpose anything to an orchestra if you really wanted to but it, it's 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 you're only going to do it if there's the level of love there for it that you can mm. justify having 70 people on the stage yeah and yeah one day i'll get around to going to one of those events 
I just don't want to go to one which shared with a bunch of games that I never played and don't care about, you know? I have to work. Yeah. I'll just have to go to a special Koji Kondo one. Keep an eye out. Uh, my number two is Kettles. <laughs> kettles. <laughs> um, I like hot drinks. I drink tea to a lesser extent. I drink coffee. Some people are going, oh, well, maybe you don't need a kettles to do coffee. It's all hot milk. Not the coffee I've been drinking. I want some, I want some cheap coffee. I want, um, I like a kettle. I also like uh, a kettle in the, uh, the kind of British kettle I like. I don't mind uh, the kettle you put on top of a, uh, a stove. Um, but I always do feel that it seems to take longer. I always feel they look nice, but I think I'm slightly impatient with uh, kettles often. And I like the idea of just using that filament, heating up the filament, boiling some water as quickly as possible. I like to, if I want a tea, I basically do it and I'm basically holding holding the jug part until it boils. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want that virtually immediately. So are you uh, saying you'd be in the market for one of these uh, boiling taps in your house? Do you know what? I love the idea of it. I also slightly mistrust it. Love the idea. Seen it done. Yeah. Been given, been given tea from one of these taps. Yeah. It has worked, and yet there's something psychologically where I'm like, nah, I don't know. Like to me, there's that thing where when I was a kid, I remember I'd always say, "Well, why don't I just make tea with the hot water?" Um, and then you do it and go, "Yeah, I'm not doing that again." Like there's, it's that sort of thing. And it feels like there's something about um, that, even though I know it works, where I do feel sl I'm slightly mistrusting of it, even though I think it's a really cool thing if your tap can do it. <laughs> I love it. I'm endlessly impressed with people that have got it. Mm. I feel like, oh, that's like the future. Well, I feel like, it but... is, like it's being pushed. In, it's pushed now. Like if you go and buy a tap, I'm going to go and buy a tap. It's all like, you're going to get this in your tap. It's like, do you want to, you know, that in your tap. And I'm like, no, oh, fine. But what's in it? What, what's, what, what's making it do that? Such I think heat? there's a couple of ways they can do it. One is a bit like a power shower where I think it's being heated up, uh, locally. And another way mm -hmm. you can do it, I think is to just to have a, 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 a large, like it's being heated up by going through a very narrow, hot, bit before it comes yeah, out this isn't good it. science and the other way no, is to have, a, to, have a, to have a tank of boiled water like an immersion heater you would have yeah, like that in the olden thing. days like that but a boiling like, bit you we can get really 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 hot water out of the tap like i wouldn't want to make a tea with it but i, I can fill a i can fill a uh, hot water bowl with it okay yeah from the tap without boiling it if you want to be sure, quick sure i would say as well a hot water bottle from a kettle mm. is one of those things you think you want, but like that is still too hot. <laughs> Do you have one of those like kind of um, furry covers around it? Oh, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't used a hot water bottle in years. Mm. But I know the last time I did one, you, yeah, you need to have the thing on it, don't you? That's mm. that's essentially protecting you from your hot water bottle being too, uh, too too hot. Yeah, yeah, but but. You know, it is hot. 
if you're doing it from if, if it's really cold, that's what you need. I mean, like you're just basically saying. Well, I would ha- say your, your tap, your well tap is. Yeah, I would say your tap is uh, is probably about the right temperature for a hot water bottle if you can get it hot. Yeah, the boiling, the boiling water, hot water bottle, where it's in your bed, but you've basically created a little molten pool that you'll kind of. That's as bad as like when I was a kid. I remember like one of the worst feelings in the world would be my foot touching a cold hot water bottle in the morning would be like, oh, oh, oh that's the worst. <laughs> Whereas I would also say that uh, the flip side of that is if you've got one and you've got a red hot one, it's um, that is too hot. Too hot. Also, I know people that have, have been burnt when their hot water bottles leak. Yeah, it does happen. It does happen. I mean, it is a sort of very old fashioned thing to put like an actual boiling water in it with just a screw cap in your bed. It does. When I do one now with the kids, I'm like, this is like. doesn't feel right. This feels like not health and safety. I bet they don't do this in hospitals. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to kettles, Mm -hmm. we've got one of those kettles that you stick on the hob. Um, And I'm actually impressed with yours. Yours Yours is one I've been impressed by. I mean, maybe I'm not thinking about it. We've got it because we have two plug sockets in our entire kitchen. Two plug sockets. And one of them's going oh, toaster because wow. I'm not toasting on the grill. Like, forget it, you know, <laughs> like, or over an f- open fire with a toast fork, you know. So, so what's the one, second one? Second one is currently a coffee grinder. That's, that's not my, right. my not my department, but there's currently a you know, electric coffee grinder, which I think is okay. like sledgehammer to crack a nut, almost literally. But um, <laughs> uh, it's been a juicer at other times. You can see it's not really my my area, that other plug socket, but, you know, it's you super got the toaster. annoying. I, 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 I use the toaster for sure. But the kettle on the hob, I, when we bought it, when we were deciding whether we needed to have an electric kettle or one on the hob, we, we, I looked into it and tried to find out which one was more efficient, see? And they should, theoretically, right, both use exactly the same amount of energy. And the only, the only um, deciding factor, because it can go faster if you've got more heat, you know, so the, 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 you can easily make a faster electric kettle. But the only difference might be that the gas has it slightly on the edge when it comes to edges it on efficiency because gas or something has been burnt to make the electricity you know or something has created the electricity and then there's some loss when it's coming to your house right whereas the gas coming to your house has less loss and you're then converting it into energy at the point when you're using it and there might be slightly less wastage well that's that i mean i always thought there was always that idea that boiling a kettle is actually very um uses a lot of energy and mm-hmm. that would be a negative towards them that they're kind of that what you're doing isn't really energy efficient at all which no, is something I, I was aware of but it's quite nice if, if it isn't as bad as i think i just it think it's the same i think to boil the water takes the same amount of energy to get it to boiling you know so right. that i think that's however you do it it's going to take the same amount of energy yeah. then you're I've only been impressed. About... is your one a, is it copper your one no i don't think so i think it's uh I think it's steel. Okay. Well, it does it well, and I've been impressed by its. uh, By the time it starts whistling, I'm like, oh, that's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. See, as a person that doesn't really drink hot drinks, my main criteria for a kettle is 
can be poured properly without just dribbling all over the floor, um, yeah, which yeah. almost no kettles have that ability. So it's just, I'm happy yeah. with my kettle. But it's definitely not in my top five things beginning with K. I'm just saying. Just yeah, like, sure. That's yeah. minor for me. Also, I forget that a kettle on a stove is going to be pretty much all covered. Whereas I always think, like, you know, if you're trying to boil water for like pasta or something, mm. or to boil an egg with is mm-hmm. probably a better. The amount of time you're just sitting waiting for that thing to. Why don't you do it in the kettle boil. and then pour it in? I do. Okay. Oh, I don't think I don't. Okay, right. The kettles is my number two. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm using okay. it. Use it for everything. I love it. Use it for everything. Love it. But there was something I did recently that was like boil a pan of water and mm. i remember not trusting myself to go could i is that gonna ruin it if i just do a kettle so i did it properly but it was like come on guys this is it's 2021 come on eat up already start bubbling to put the lid on yeah okay uh, my number two it's close to being my number one but it's my number two Mm-hmm. It's uh, Kate Bush, Kate okay. Bush, singer songwriter from Bexley Heath, and I it might not have me down as the biggest Kate Bush fan, but and I don't like some of her records. Like mm. her, her voice goes later, and 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 she makes some choices on some albums where I'm like, yeah, I'm not so into this one. But I think she's like the best lyricist. I'm I'm not really a lyrics person. Like that sounds ridiculous because I listen to loads of stuff with great lyrics that I like a lot. But for me, music's got to sound good first. Yeah. Lyrics comes later. Do you want to tell me yeah. about Bob Dylan or something? You know, I just read a book, get someone else to sing it. Like don't, I don't need lyrics for the sake of it. You know, I need music, and then you have great lyrics. But her 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 songwriting, the lyrics specifically, probably my favorite probably my favorite yeah i can see that i love kate bush um and actually maybe she should have been in my top five but exactly the same there's some things she does i'm just not into it Mm. or it's just like it's a bit like i don't know there's different intersections of things i like but it's more like aesthetically sounding things i'm like no but i think you're exactly right i think she's great i think she's a great lyricist and I think she knows that. And I think almost the best lyricists are people in music is because she's using the words she's choosing are both, both seem completely about something. But I think she's one of those people who it also doesn't necessarily matter because she's using her voice as an instrument. So she's, she's adding something like, yeah where the words it's almost like that thing where you're probably limited again like we we're talking with the the kind of mario music and things it's that you can only say certain words because they probably have to be in a certain key to match everything else yeah it's the timing yeah the way they fill spaces and that's that's all all words in music should be should be mm. servant to the to the music in my opinion and that doesn't yeah, mean you yeah. can't write a great song you absolutely can you yeah. should but you you don't have to you don't have to write great lyrics, but you you do have to make great music. You, you know, like yeah. if it's not great music, read a book. It doesn't. It, you know, there's mm. no point. And she just makes for not. You know, I think Hounds of Love album is is a perfect album, pretty much, or at least mm. the first side is like as good a side of vinyl as ever has been recorded. Incredible. Um, 
so many songs off that. You know, Cloud Busting, Running Up the Hill, Hounds of Love Itself. It's just to have those songs and to put them all as singles as well. You know, put yeah, the, yeah, all yeah. of them as singles of that album. It's like breathtaking. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, she's so singular in that way. You know, she's the first woman to have a number one album in the UK. I think, I think that's true. First, yeah, I think that's true. And then she's like the first person to write her own singles and have hit hit singles that's that's like she was in the 80s you know her first album was 1979 this is you know it was very late yeah. coming to have that sort of thing and america but she's had very young people like that yeah, yeah. she's 19 she's like, when the first record 19 or something yeah. yeah 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 but it's astonishing it's astonishing how good that first record is and yeah, yeah it's, and this woman's worth what well, this woman's work which is behind me uh, no song can make me cry like that it's incredible you know that the um what's it? she's having a baby the john hughes film kevin bacon oh, yeah, yeah. and she wrote the song for that having watched the footage of him realizing that his wife's childbirth is going all wrong and the baby and her in in uh in mortal danger and stuff and so it's written from his perspective and yeah she wrote it for the scene and stuff and it's the film's a bit sort of soppy and put you know it's not the best john hughes film you know it's 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 it feels manipulative or whatever but if you can watch that sequence with them with the song and not bore your eyes out i, I you're not human yeah. it's just it's it's the it's easily the greatest song about <laughs> that's the only song i know of, about the worry of becoming a a, a father <laughs> and the 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 sort of like uh absolute uh uselessness of being there you know of, of, mm. of men during childbirth you know and, and how terrifying that can be you know like and it's written by a woman you know it's mm. it's, it's it's astonishing i yeah i think yeah the hounds of love might be the album i oh, i don't know it's probably in the, easily the top five things i play most yeah because it's so solid you can put yeah. the hands of love on you're not there's no point in hands of love where you're going to go oh i wish i'd skip this track or i wish yeah. i hadn't put this on actually it's not that good it's only those singles i like it's a stunning album end to end yeah quite brilliant and and also you know she made the the ken livingston song that's always funny um <laughs> ken that's, that's pretty great like the fact that she made a remake of shaft about ken livingston is this was funnier when Ken Livingston wasn't such a sort of <laughs> demonic figure as he is now, but you know, like, was, yeah. And, and also we've got, to, you can't say talk about running up that hill without talking about the 1980s, uh, BBC kids drama running scared, running scared. Yeah. 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 Of course not. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, probably where I heard it Yeah, and probably one of those things that really like, I do think stuff like that really plants a seed early on. Yeah. And you're going to have that forever. Yeah, because sort of, and it amongst, becomes like a... amongst the TV themes, and we love the TV themes from that period, yeah. but they were very much TV themes made by TV theme composers at the BBC in a small room where the TV theme composers have to make the TV themes, right? And mm. that was like an avant-garde pop song. Yeah. You know, with being played over kids... It was a terrifying TV show, as I remember. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. 
it was like um, homeless kids, wasn't it? Like someone who sort of finds herself homeless. Yeah, but the, but yeah, like the police that, in like, it who were like sort of bent police, like corrupt police. And mm. stuff. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, that's uh, that's kids TV drama in, in the UK. In, in the 80s, yeah. 90s. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that stuff really plants a seed. And that for ages, that song was always like, um, and I think even like, I think there was probably a period where I would have heard that first. And then like a couple of years later been like, wait, it exists outside of. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for it's sure. outside of running scared. Wow. Um, uh, uh, myself once and uh, John Chandler tried to sing Running Up That Hill. Uh, I think it was at like a karaoke or something. It was, yeah, I remember and, that. And we absolutely couldn't do it. No. And it's one of those things that it's impossible. Of course it is. It's impossible. But like there was a kind of, yeah, let's do this. And then it was impossible. (laughs) Absolutely impossible. And it's right, actually. And I think that's sort of good. I think it's a silly thing to have attempted, but it really does make you appreciate it. Like it's that thing where, in a way, like there's certain kind of singers who can sing in a way where you go, I'd love to be able to do that. But it's silly to try and even replicate it in your head without trying to do um yeah yeah no but yeah certainly the, the, that, that lyrics lyrics in that are incredible but also because it's not even i don't even think they're meant to be i think it's just sort of i think you're also reading so much into it it sort of invites you to kind of go what do you think about this and you go Ooh, they're kind of quite simple as well they're not yeah, but you can, but you can take them out. Or... Yeah, but you can take them yeah. out of context. No, you're right. They aren't. Yeah. They they are generally very literal. Like she's like, I'm going to mm. write a song about this guy, who's whose dad he was, his kid, who's kidnapped by the Nazis, but he was doing these experiments on how to make yeah. make it rain. You know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and you know she didn't yeah. invent. You know, I hid my yo-yo in the garden. You know, yeah. like what what made it what made it beautiful made it dangerous right about the yo-yo i'm pretty sure that's in the book and she's gone like that can go in the song i don't think she's like coming up with these crazy ideas like oh the boy's singing about his yo-yo she's like that's in the thing so i'll put it in the song but the way i sing it will give it this this profundity that you know it just doesn't have otherwise and us i love that run out that hill every time it says uh it doesn't hurt me and then Mm -hmm. says immediately do you want to know that it doesn't hurt me? Yeah. You go, oh God, yeah. it's horrible, horrible. It just kind of, it's already you go like, oh God, it's so, and it's a, it's a weird, like it's quite simplistic and it's rhythmically, it works because it's got, it's got the same thing repeated within its, uh, it's, it's very, it's sort of clever, but it's simple yeah. and it's kind of heartbreaking. It's cutting and it's saying one thing then immediately undercutting the thing it's just said and being like oh and it's it's kind of yeah Yeah. one thing is that you're saying the way she could sing it nobody else can sing like that and the sad thing with that is that i do think when she came back in the 2000s stuff and she couldn't she couldn't Mm. sing like she did before because nobody can and she could Mm. but you couldn't keep that up forever and 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 it's that's you know you've got singers out there who could absolutely continue singing the same way you know mick jagger's never like i can't do that bit anymore it's just that's you know he can do it he can he's literally gonna do it until he falls off the stage (laughs) like he's proving that you know whereas i think if you're somebody who's a real kind of uh virtuoso 
singer in a way that you can only be when you're that age you know and, and yeah so that's a sad thing to it in a way is that you can't continue to be that kind of yeah, yeah voice yeah. and again I, do, I really like that thing where it's the sort of trying to do the full package of being the kind of dancer mime and all that i love all that stuff. i think it's great i think all that stuff's really like being a proper kind of performer performer and it, it makes it feel like you are doing something that's bigger as well than hmm. i don't know it sort of really adds something and i think when you're thinking that way at 19 or whatever and you're kind of interested in knowing there's a kind of there will be a live element to what you're doing and being theatrical with it. And yeah. I think that stuff's kind of super smart. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like the only person that I compare to her in a way is, is Bjork, you know, she's, she's, she's the person that combines those things, you know, in a comparable way. And now we've got twigs. I think she's phenomenal, but I don't think she's, I don't think she's quite as ambitious. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think she's like, I'm going to do everything to that, that level, but we'll see. I mean, she's still, still on board. So my number one is Kez. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. When you said Kettle number two, I was like, Kez one. <laughs> I reckon I got your number one in my head. I reckon I got it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, Kez, uh, 1969, Ken Loach, uh, one of the bleakest, uh, and I would argue funniest films <laughs> of yeah. its era. And I think it's, I think it's, I think that film is kind of perfect. And it's both kind of mixes kind of proper gritty kitchen sink coal mining town with also real beautiful pastoral countryside and has that sort of again the soundtrack to Kez is great and is very that kind of almost sort of like flautist kind of music sound and how sort of beautiful that kind of world is and really is like really sums up a lot of that stuff like being a child and because he's also not really using a lot of actors the performances all the kids give are so kind of perfect and they really do appear to not know there's a camera filming them. Mm. The behavior is so kind of, it's so, um, there's no ego in their performance. There's no like showing off. It's all just this sort of, I don't quite know how he does that. You sort yeah. of see it. You don't really see it in other British film. You sometimes see it in like sort of Italian films from the kind of forties and things. And you sort of assume it's achieved by like long lens. But I think Ken Loach, especially at that time, was so good. And he's such a um, he's such a humanist as well, I think. And he's such a kind of like, although a lot of the films are kind of polemical, I think people forget that he's just the thing he's most interested in are human beings. Mm. And it's just this sort of focus in on like these people. And you're so before they've even done anything, you you've totally invested in like every character who comes on screen even if they're like you know the milkman or something you kind of just have this kind of oh i know who that guy is and it's sort of the way it does that town and the kind of bleakness of setting this thing up where this kid's got 
no future and there's no way out but he's given this kind of i don't know it's almost like a holiday he gets a holiday from it all by having uh his kestrel Mm. and it's sort of it's so sad but it's so like the funny bits are so funny and i think that's one of the things that i maintain like there's bits in that film i think are like it's it really makes me laugh and not in a way that's and maybe your laugh in some of it might be there's a sort of release of tension but i find some of it so funny because it i mean the jokes also come from it being real or just something someone says in reaction to something because it's totally unpredictable from because it doesn't feel scripted it's this thing people say things that you go yeah that is what they'd say yeah. it's not what you would you would imagine they'd say in a sort of film script um i i think it's kind of it's great i mean i know people that can't watch it and i feel sorry for them because well, they mean, find I it too like, bleak they say oh they that's find just it too, too bleak. bleak yeah and i can't, I, I, don't I, can't get, I don't get that because to me it's like yeah it's bleak but it has in it all of the 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 hope and the the yeah, the, yeah, the spirit yeah. of humanity you know what i mean it doesn't it, yeah yeah it's yeah and it's very like and it is like you know it's not um you know there's horrible stuff in it and it does kind of end in a way that you're not particularly like hopeful and there's really kind of weird surreal bits in it mm. you've got a bit where he reads the dandy and then it's like um it's almost like a really clever bit of adapting a comic for a screen where you just go through the panels of a comic and it cuts to the next panel and he reads it in his voice and you go god that's interesting and you just get this bit of you get like in the middle of the film you get a desperate dan comic strip yeah i remember she yeah. read out to you and you have and you know you've got the things with like the scene where all the kids are playing football and they're hanging off the goals and brian glover comes on and as they're playing football for a school the scores start flashing up like it's a tv uh game. it's sort of like you've got these like little moments of it so it's yeah. like it's such a great film film as well and it's such a you never really and it you know there's lots of people and there are lots of people since there's lots of great directors in the in recent history that are kind of influenced by that film and they're making really good films like cleo barnard or someone and she's doing really interesting stuff that's similar to it but um but it feels like there's a period when ken loach is making these films that you then don't get for another sort of 20 years mm. outside of ken loach films mm. which are these completely naturalistic british dramas that are just like you just don't see this and yet what he's doing is almost like a chronicle of this time yeah. through these eras because no one else is doing it yeah and now they do it like, in other countries but now it's like a genre <laughs> it's like a genre now. Yeah. do you know what i mean like we have yeah. like, i just watched the jack thorne Stephen Graham, yeah. uh, Jodie Comer, help the other day, and it feels right. very much Ken Loach influenced. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I, you were reminding me of. Um, do you remember what was the one he did? Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, yeah. And again, that was with a child actor, or not a child actor, a child, and he gets an incredible performance out of this kid, and he's he's got that real talent for that. And yeah, and yeah. a lot of these guys do grow up to be like big actors, and they're just people who were found. And then after that, I really like that. And in a way, the sort of curse of it is a lot of them do it and then 
they sort of become too famous to be in Ken Loach films again because <laughs> they sort of then end up being in like yeah. <laughs> TV. It's a bit like you can't really do it now because everyone knows who you are because you you're off this now. But like, um, but yeah, there is. I mean, you know, I mean, there is that. That really is a sweet spot. That period, I think, as well. Almost like from the kind of TV stuff to this sort of film, and film is almost like it it works for him so much better than TV. And especially in that period where, you know, TV cameras are big and you can use outside broadcasting things, but you're watching TV. Mm. And the, when he kind of makes something like Kez in the late sixties and he gets to the point where he is like a, he's a filmmaker. It works so much better for him than it does for other people. Where it doesn't necessarily matter as much because he's really invested in the idea of film being this thing, which is like a, a sort of um, completely uh, artificial eye that's looking at things. It's not like you you stop being aware of the camera, especially in those films. Mm. It's like, I mean, scene to scene, I think it works like, like if you're watching a really, like if someone watches like, you know, when people talk about like Jaws or Goodfellas or Back to the Future and people go, oh yeah, you know, um, you can watch that film at any point. And you'll never stop watching it. So you go, I'll just watch this bit. This is mm. where that happens. Kez works like that. It's like every scene is such a kind of memorable bit. That you go, I just watch this bit. Yeah. I just watch a bit where he goes to a chip shop. I just watch. <laughs> but you're not talking about big. It's not gangsters. It's not a joke. No. It's not a shark. It's, you're not yeah. like, you're not like, oh, it's not the bit where like, oh, I'll just watch a bit where, um, he's on coke and he's gets paranoid for a bit. And you, <laughs> and then you get to the end of the film. You're literally going like, Oh wait, I'll just wait. I'll just watch this bit where he goes to the chip shop. Wait, I'll just watch this bit where the kids are getting caned. Wait, I'll just watch this bit where it's like that. It's so it's so incredibly watchable yeah. as well. It's such a kind of watchable film that you can watch at any point and get sucked into it. And you're immediately sucked into this film. And like I I don't know, I was probably I probably didn't see it till I was about fourteen or fifteen. But you do come out of it and you go like, I can't, I couldn't fault it. It was just so like, it's kind of perfect. I think, mm, I yes. think it's, um, watch it. I watch it a lot and, and, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I love it. I love it so much the film. And I like, and when, um, when I, uh, when anyone ever mentions like that, they like it, it's one of those things where you go, you can kind of give a real, like, of course you do. Of course you do. Like, like, yeah. um, why wouldn't you? It's yeah. a real, like, um, like nod to people that love it. Whenever, whenever it mentions, it's a real, like, my ears will prick up and go, what are you a big, big fan of cares or something? Like, um, we had, uh, on fan club, the other, uh, podcast they do, we had Johnny Vegas on and he was like, what's your favorite film cares? You go, of course it is. Of course it is. Like, of course it is. Of course you, that's your favorite film. Yeah. Cause it's like, you go immediately, you go, yeah, of course. Cause it's, it sort of taps into something. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. Film. Yeah. Anyway, I, I will link in the, uh, show notes, uh, Nat did, uh, recreation of, uh, oh, a yeah. scene from Kiss for, uh, uh, Richard Stanley's perfect movie 
uh, thing that he used to do and they did did them live and uh, that was good did it live that was good but then they recorded them and filmed them it's so good with you playing the kid I do I do think like of all the things when I see things I've done yeah I think that's the thing I'm most proud of because of how much time I try to go right if we're going to do kids we're going to try and do the most accurate reconstruction of everything and I tried to do it I'm not an actor but what I did was, if I'm going to do it, I'm basically going to learn the lines and the mannerisms. That's why I try to do it. It's like, so I try to do it. I try to do beautiful. it from that. It's beautiful. It's, it's one of my favorite things you've ever done. So I think um, I'll definitely link to that. It's hilarious. It's great. Great movie. Love it. My number one is probably, as you guessed, Nat, is uh, a band KMD. Yeah. Is that what you get? Guess that. Guess. Yeah. Bank AMD <laughs> causing much damage. They were initially known as, uh, but then quickly as uh, they got more sort of conscious and into their uh, black rights and, and 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 sort of black power vibe, they they changed it to a positive cause in a much damaged society. And uh, there were three guys: uh, Zev Love X, uh, his little brother. Sub Rock, DJ Sub Rock, and Onyx the Birthstone Kid. They had um, another member before who left before they were recorded anything, but three guys from from uh, Long Island. And yeah, Zev Love X went on to be quite famous later as MF Doom. Uh, the KMD came out, their, their album came out in 1991. First album, Mr. Hood, and it's the only thing that I can compare it to is like the second De La Soul album as, as far as rap records go. It's, it's very witty. It's a bit dark. It's very smart and it's funny, you know, it's, 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 it's silly, but it's dark too. And has strong messages. It's, it's a phenomenal record. And, um, I, I, I had it for, from, uh, I think Holloway R price on cassette. Um, not, not in 91, I think in about 93, I picked it up and, um, I've loved it since then. It's a weird record. You know, this, the lead off single for it was called peach fuzz. It's about how they can't grow any facial hair, any convincing facial hair because they're too young and all the girls are laughing at them. Uh, you know, the, the chorus is kind of like still I'm judged by the hairs on my chinny chin chin as they go into the chorus. And that's kind of, that's on the, on the silly end of what they do, but they, it's kind of, I'm not good at talking about this. I love this record. I love the second album, which never came out and then came out later, but they, and especially doom, like they, they, the writing on there is so clever. Uh, the first song is, um, is is Doom on his own, and he's talking about a kid at school who would throw rocks, right? In the in the not in a school, in the kindergarten, right? Who, who would throw rocks, and it was dangerous, you know. But it's also a metaphor for how this kid was a drug, you know. It's, it's, it's a metaphor for drug dealing, right? And uh, there's a bit where he hits the kid with the with the with the we nearly he nearly throws a rock at a kid and the the line he says right is considering his aim i warned he could hurt others with his game 
Miss Christman warned the same. That is not a line that you get in hip hop songs in 1991. Miss Christman warned the same. Like it's the way he phrases things, the sense of humor. It's just most people don't pick up that line. It's just a, just a story, and he flicks through it. But I absolutely love this record. It's it may, you know he went on to be a kind of hugely influential and celebrated rapper after his sub rock died and the car crash and um yeah doom doom went on to sort of disappear sort of go to the dark side a bit he had time in jail he was broken by his brother's death and being dropped from the record label and all this kind of thing came back with a much darker sort of style and it was also a different era then you know the early night early 90s late 80s is very sort of innocent time in a way in hip-hop you have all this you know very sort of kind of light-hearted records that just not possible to do later on really and uh so and, and, I, and i love the later doom stuff i love it just as much really at least the stuff he did from like 97 to to uh 2003 four sort of thing it's amazing but the KMD, it's just nothing like it. It's, it's like I said, there was this moment where you could do some things in hip hop that you then couldn't do because the kind of gangster rap came in and it, everything, everyone had to be a lot harder and the kind of, um, the options got limited. You could still make interesting, different sort of music, but you had to be kind of tough too. You had to put that in there. And, um, you know, on the KMD record, they say, the, you know, the motto is sex, drugs and rock and roll i prefer love hugs and hip-hop soul that's really corny right but it's like nice that they could be that corny then you know these are like really positive like religious guys they were all you know muslim sort of conscious kids kids you know and it's just it has like a sunny kind of hopefulness of that period of time late 80s to early 90s when you had it hip-hop and house and you know these things kind of bubbling together and having a pretty nice outlook and then it, the darkness comes in of the 90s and and by the time you had the same character doing being a real master later on but it came to you weren't big they were like a spin-off group of third bass or white rappers. i was gonna say what was what was the thing that made you pick up the record in oh it would have been just peach way. fuzz would have got played on right. on you know kiss fm or tim westwood and stuff and they were like they had on their record brand nubian you know they had so they were felt like if you like tribe called quest if you like brand nubian oh. if you liked um de la soul you'd like kmd it's like the next one to get sort yeah. of thing and it had the you know bright colored cover on the single and that kind of thing so it had that kind of they're like another one to get along those lines and don't get me wrong i was listening to the really hard i was listening to nwa and compton's most wanted and above the law and this stuff but um i love this because it was just weird and and particular you know what i mean it was it's 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 like any great musical thing where you have guys just doing something no one said they could do that no one gave them permission mm. they're just like oh we're gonna do this we've got all our ideas you know mm. we've got it all figured out we want to do this we want to tell a whole story through our record have these crazy skits you know the album is all the skits in between songs are uh learn to speak uh i think it's a learn to speak danish record or something and oh, i can't remember what it is oh it's a learn to speak english record from denmark and so there's a character which is the i would like to buy some wine which is the like you know the teaching you the language of a record 
and they interact with him like, oh yeah, we don't have any wine, but uh, you know, I got two Goya nectars, you know, this kind of thing. They they and they they go backwards and forwards with this this Mister Hood character. It's, ah, it's just incredible, conceptually incredible, and it's a lovely stuff. I'm and Doom died last year. Uh, that's kind of brought a lot of this back. How much his records meant to me for for decades and stuff, and. Um, you know, he he he, did, he didn't stay great forever. You know, he he stopped making good music about two thousand and five or something. But he just got a lot of love for him and that, and that music they made back then. Him and his little brother, and yeah. So as soon as it was K, it was like, oh, it's it's got to be KMD number one, absolutely. You also had you had like a KMD fan site and thing, didn't you? I did. I had a KMD fan site in the in the nineties, in the late nineties. Was called. Let's enter this jewelry shop, which is the first line of the first album, and there was probably two sites on the internet that mentioned KMD at that point and MF Doom, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it was like people would send me things from around the world, like oh, I got this clipping, I got this clipping from a magazine in 1992. I'll send it to you, you know, scan it in, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I I find that stuff really like. Uh like that early internet stuff it it kind of was that like if you like something you're building something up from the the ground floor you've got no you know yeah, it's because, not all digital it's not yeah like, somebody there like isn't that, this information there no there's no was no was no wikipedia let alone mm. you know discogs or spotify or you know somewhere where you'd find all about an artist and that kind of thing so it was like yeah if you had your little niche thing you were into you know, it was like oh there's literally nobody else doing this or there's one guy in you know michigan who's doing this yeah it was big fan big fan i don't think i'm very good at talking about them but um no i think that comes if, across, i think it comes across well you know but if I you if yeah uh, if you the first kmd album mr hood second one's a bit darker and very angry very angry hmm. young black man angry record whereas mr hood is this lightness of kind of teenagers and I would recommend Mr. Hood to anybody who likes kind of smart, silly music. It's really a lovely record. And, you know, it doesn't have, if you, if you're like, not about, I don't really listen to hip hop because it's all swearing and, you know, misogynist and all this stuff. This is not that record. You could check this record out. If you like De La Soul or something, or if you like, I don't know, what's a good example, even something really poppy, like a, like a, Fresh Prince or something, you know, it's 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 fun like that, but with real intelligence behind it. So, hmm. but I think like I'd certainly I didn't know KMD at all before uh, um, before you were talking about them, and it feels like now I do see stuff about KMD now. But it feels like very much like it's like it's they've sort of have been reappraised recently. Yeah, I think right? because Zoom did get really big, and he got bigger after the fact in a way like so he made his mm. best records either you'd say 98 or 2003 or something in that period it's like a five-year period some mm. sort of thing where he's making his best records probably and um but there's new kids getting into him all the time now you know they're not listening to you know there's loads of kids kids little kids you know weren't even probably born in 98 you know and they're like yeah of course of course they weren't yeah. Kids weren't born kids in 98. Born, kids born in 1998, our kids. Oh, shit, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're getting into it and they're like, they're going back and they're checking out KD. And some of them, I see them online being like, that's too old. I can't, I can't listen to that, you know? 
but some of them were like, oh, this is actually, this is really smart. This is really good. So yeah, it's definitely got much more appreciation than it ever had at the time. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. That's my case. Right. We've done our K's. Any other honorable K mentions? Yeah, I've got some good K mentions, right? Staying on the music tip, I've got some, some other rappers. I can't have a top five K's that are all rappers, but King T, Cool Keith, Cool G Rap, top K rappers. That's a re- K is a strong letter for hip hop. <laughs> strong. Can kick as well. He's a producer. Um, cool and the Gang. I think people think of Cool and the Gang as being like, you know, ladies' night and celebration and stuff. Forget that. You know, the first album, the self-titled album, is as good as any music ever recorded. And right through the 70s, they make phenomenal music. Just a, I don't think necessarily they came up with great songs, but they're just one of the best bands that actually just, you know, sit them down at their instruments and play some some, some rhythms. Incredible. So they're up there. Craftwork. I love Craftwork. I don't love all the all of it. Some of it's too too spare for me. I love them. I love the influence they had, and I absolutely love the com- computer world. Computer world album is just one of my favorites. So, got to have them in there. So again, I think I think it's a strong. And you add the Kinks in there; it's a strong letter for the music. Strong letter. I got other music. Uh, yeah, well, of course, I've got uh, uh, King Louis. King Louis's uh, King the Swingers book. King the Swingers. Yeah. So he's also one of the great uh, K's of music. Uh, I've got uh, the film Kind Hearts and Coronets, the Ealing comedy, which goes neck and neck with things like Lady Killers, Lavender Hill, Mob with Me. But maybe Kind Hearts and Coronets might be the best one. Mm. But it's it's brilliant film, brilliant movie. I got um, uh, Kathy Burke. Oh, that's a good one. Kathy Burke. I got. Uh, I might like Kathy first... more than Kung Fu, actually. <laughs> Kung Fu movies. It's <laughs> hard to say. This is the problem we get into. I got um, uh, Carl McLaughlin. Carl McLaughlin, a man who's once more for me saying uh, um, weird phrases that I thought I was the only one who said it. And it's only when you revisit it, you go, oh no, it's just something Carl McLaughlin says on Twin Peaks that I've obviously been saying since I was 10 yeah lots of that lots of that when i see like one of those people you go this man's had a weird influence on my life and i didn't even know it happened yeah yeah, um, yeah. uh we've got some uh, more here. Jack- I, let me do this i've got Jeffrey. i've got kites i'm quite a big fan of kites the 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 toy not the bird i'm not oh, no yeah. problem with the bird but <laughs> probably not prefer a kestrel not one of the best no but kites are pretty amazing and kite kite surfing phew, that's amazing we we're watching some of that in greece this summer and it's, I've never done it, and I'm never going to preserve it. It'd probably just break me in half. I'm not, not built for it anymore. But, yeah, that's incredible to watch. People just flying in the air from a kite over the sea. Do you like box kites? I like box a... kites, but I like I like a stunt kite, you know, like a two-hander. That's, that's, that's fun. That's fun. But all, all kites, dragon kites, kites are great. I was scared of kites when I was a kid, though. I wasn't, I wasn't oh, yeah? Yeah, because we had one... An octopus kite it was really good. We had it up on Hampstead Heath and it um the string snapped and it flew off and landed in a tree. And I was small and I was devastated and i I was scared of kites for like ten years after that. Because you associated loss yeah. with uh with kites. Interesting. Um uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar is an interesting guy from having yeah. a career in basketball 
kung fu movies and now as a 77 year old man writes uh sherlock holmes books love that as a career yeah and love he's it. been an academic as well he's an incredible man yeah incredible what man. a life what a life uh what else have i got i got another movie i got king kong the original king kong oh, yeah yeah pretty amazing movie and again had quite a big effect on me i saw it as a kid at, at nft uh kids club and this is quite a, a scary film to see <laughs> scary it was terrifying they only showed terrifying films at nft kids club back then i think um, <laughs> i always think that's what you should watch when you're a kid like tell it to weird. my kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you might you might not be able to but uh slightly disturbing god yeah i wonder how kids would make make of that now I mean, I suppose the same. It's they probably like wouldn't be that upset because because it's so old fashioned looking that they'd find it only you know like sort of that maybe they wouldn't mm. relate. I don't know, but then it's not like it was any less old fashioned. Yeah, I was going to say it's in the yeah, it would have been forty five years old or something when yeah, but I was it's born. but it's eighty five years old now. But yeah, sure, sure. I got I've got uh, another one. I've got is uh, crazy golf. Now, oh yeah, yeah, hear me out here. No way you spend it because it's crazy. You spell it with a K. It's not. Oh a C. no, I think that's absolutely legitimate. Crazy golf with a K. Uh, yeah. That's a big one. And then one that I don't think we'd expand it to a whole show. But Kevin's, I don't know some great Kevin's. Don't you know great Kevin's? Kevin's are top. A top five Kevin's. I don't know. We're not just allowed to do friends of ours, you know? No. Sure. So sure, I reckon. I don't know. There's probably some scope for that. Uh, maybe I think about that. Uh, I've got uh, Commandy, specifically Jack Kirby Commandy comics. Yeah, um, cool. And then yeah. I'm pretty much left with um, got some some bad ones. You done all your good ones? I oh, know I've got three oh. more good ones that I just added during oh, the during the recording because then because I'd forgotten about Silent K's, Knickers. I, I like Knickers. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, I like Knickers. Knights. <laughs> yeah, quite fond of Knights. Not not um what's the word not crusaders not that kind of knight but more like like a german knight medieval knight that kind of thing into that and uh knives i got knives knives I like yeah, knives nice knives was almost in my top five because i was thinking about it like yeah but then i thought you can't i was thinking of it like necessities like desert island yeah you want to have a knife yeah but no, then i was I thinking thought, wait 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 but then i, I can't have necessities. I thought of knife when you said kettle i was like oh i like a knife if yeah. I had to keep only one, you know, utensil, it probably would be a knife. Oh. Hard to eat soup, but you know. Um, I've, got, I've got kebab um, as a food K. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm a massive kebab fan, but there are certain kebabs and I'd say kebab shop food, mm. which is great. Like I think sometimes like a quarter pounder from a kebab shop is sometimes the best quarter pounder you can have. It's a different thing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, like the difference between that and something, a McDonald's quarter pounder mm. is chalk and cheese. They're two different, two different meals, but, mm. um, chalk and cheeseburger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but things, chicken shish more than a regular kind of Donna. lamb kebab or donor or something, I think. Oh yeah. I love uh, kebab. Yeah um any more good ones no i can do some worse ones do some worse ones yeah uh bad kevin kevin spacey he's he's definitely in the bad ones now bad case yeah, yeah. 
Gotta go. Yeah. I wasn't a massive fan to begin with. No, I was I feel wrong. like um, <laughs> I always had him uh, down as a wrong one. Like no, I wouldn't even say wrong. I like he's definitely been in some things I like, but there was something I was I never went all in on Spacey. I mean it's easy to say now, but I didn't. I never went all in. Uh always a bit suspicious. Katie Hopkins. Um Notweed. Not as a gardener, bad, I wondered yeah. if you had uh Notweed's bad. Like you know what? I've never really had to tackle Notweed that 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 much, which is lucky me, you know. But yeah, Notweed is bad news. It's very bad news. I mean, I've heard people like selling their house because they had Notweed in their garden. Just I've heard this happen. It takes and you can't sell the house. People find out you have to pretend you don't have it. Quick, sell it and then get out. <laughs> Terrible. But for my bad ones, that's about it. It's a good letter. I've got it's a couple a strong more. Letter. I've got a couple more. The word kooky. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. terrible. Get out. If you, yeah, terrible word. I don't know. I, I I'm all right in it in the context of the uh, the Adams family theme. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But so let's say any use of the word kooky after the invention of color <laughs> TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like it as a reference to anyone, and it never makes me think I'd like them. It's like whereas actually it's like I don't think you mean that. Well, it's like when I, I think was they're probably fine. When I was describing that first KMD album. I could have said it's a rap album from 1991. It's a bit kooky, but then you, the listener, would have done the right thing and gone. Well, I'm never going to listen to that. Sounds rubbish. <laughs> so yeah. So you know what though? In a similar vibe, I quite like the word hokey. Hokey's right, go, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I use hokey in a kind of. I've often said it's hokey in a good way. That's what I say. Yeah, and it's half of a hokey cokey, which is good. Yeah. Um, uh, my worst K though is karaoke. Karaoke. Yeah. yeah. See, you don't like because you were there when. Um, no, I'm not a fan of it. I, I hate, mean, I'm I, not. I've I find done karaoke it, I, once in my life, and that took oh, I reckon all I've done of it, my like, that took all of the alcohol and confidence I could possibly muster. Hmm. I can't. Karaoke is like the biggest challenge for me in the world because i can't sing a note i can't sing at all right but i love music yeah i would love to be able to sing but yeah my singing is awful and i can fully hear how awful it is so i am infinitely unconfident I'm, i'd love to be one of people who's like i don't care how it sounds i'm just gonna have yeah. fun and everyone's gonna be like look at that guy having fun i'm not capable of that yeah remotely. i think i'm like that dancing i think is that for me right i, I got i can't it's just a thing i won't I won't enjoy it. I'd love to enjoy it. I'm too self-conscious. I can't. Do it. So with your dancing and my singing, we could make the perfect worst <laughs> musical performer of all time. Yeah, the <laughs> worst boy band. <laughs> to be honest, quite a lot of boy bands have got one guy that can't dance and one guy that can't sing. That's not. <laughs> yeah. And what's nice is we wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it'd be like, I still like these more than insert. Uh, several boy bands here, North and South. Um, <laughs> yeah, karaoke is just no. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm not against karaoke for yeah. the people that can enjoy it. I know what I, you mean. I'm, uh, that's great. You guys are great people, but I'm not, and I can't enjoy it. I mm. can't really enjoy I other people enjoying it, really, because I feel my own inadequacy. 
Yeah, and I think there's always that sense of like being expected to join in on something. Yeah, why is a guy? Like, oh, I'm having, not, I'm enjoying you watching. Not doing it. It's like it's like it. being fully clothed in a sauna or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hot water bowl. <laughs> yeah, I think K's a solid letter, but it's it, it, it is a niche letter. I think it's no it's no S. Yeah. You know? Well, like, no... what I mean is, it's kind of alternative in every way. It's like kind of oh, K's. It's got mm. a, it's got an edge to it. It's got a kind of a, what an interesting letter for the K's. It's not a C. C is a mainstream letter, I'd say. K's are in uh, what's a K in Scrabble? I think it's a four, isn't it? It's not even that bigger. Um, uh, it's not like J. That's eight, isn't it? I think K might be four. I can't tell. You. I haven't got a Scrabble set to hand. I've got Boggle over there, but that's not going to tell no, us much. Different. I reckon if we hang on, I'll probably find out in seconds. Have a really nice seventies Boggle set from the charity shop the other day. Um, I saw yesterday smashed on the floor outside a travel Scrabble. Ooh, I just was like, what's floor. the story here? Uh, K. Oh, five. Five points. Five points. That's a decent score. Decent just score. Stick that on a triple letter score. Squids in. Well, we, we, we're back with list off. Thanks. If you have mm-hmm. listened, thanks for returning after all this time and not like, yeah. you know, feeling abandoned yeah. to the point where you wouldn't listen. Yeah. We're always coming back. It was just lots of stuff happening and then yeah. mr missed connections of when we could do it and i think we're gonna do we're gonna do it every two weeks now yeah i mean oh yeah we could do that yeah we could that would might make it that might make it easier if we do every two weeks and then if we get if we find that we've got loads we'll just go back to every week yeah i could probably I mean, do every week. we've got a lot of letters of the alphabet to get through and a lot of names you know we've only done sure. top five daves there's a lot of other names out there oh you bet there's tons of names you got to get through uh, to your name for for one. Listener. My name, top five yeah. Aussies. Do you know what you can make a top five Aussie, but it's really hard to make a top ten because they just aren't, yeah. just aren't enough. Yeah, you probably got some good ones, eh? You got I, a few good. Ones. A guy passed on on the high street the other day. A guy came past in a van, like a like a like a truck, like a truck, like a pickup, you know. And he yeah. was like on the side, it had Aussies brick works or something on it yeah and i was staring at his thing and the guy was looking at me out the window like this guy looking at and i was like my name's ozzy and he was like oh and he waved and he was like all right ozzy and then he beeped his horn <laughs> and then he drove off <laughs> it's a nice moment yeah it was it's kind of nice the kids are with me and they're like oh that was weird you know but i was <laughs> you know <laughs> I had to account for the fact that I was just staring at this guy's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. There's his, some his, good. Uh, there's Aussie's newsagent and things. There's a few like yeah, good got, shops got, and things. Yeah, we've like... got still got still got Aussie's barbers on um, on Camden Parkway. You know, we had a few barbers back in the day over on the Holloway um, mm. Cafe down by St Paul's. You know, got some Aussie's things around there. But you know, it's still still a niche name. You know, sure. I don't feel like I'm like Legion, like Dave's. No. no. If you go to um, uh, like a theme park or like a, I don't know, like a Clinton's Cards and you've got a named thing, are you ever on there? No, I'm never on there. Maybe if one day if I go to one in Turkey, 
That'll be yeah. a thing because he got a lot. Of, almost every Turkish name can be shortened to Aussie, so that's my yeah. best hope. I saw uh, when I was in uh, the States when I was about fourteen. I found a, a little wooden block that said Nathaniel on it. No, only time it's going to happen. Did you buy it? So I got it. Boy, boy, yeah, yeah. Still got it. it. I think it's somewhere, somewhere. Um, but I thought, got to get it. You don't see these. It's rare. Don't, they don't sell many, but when they do, they sell one. <laughs> Bible Belt. That's what you need to be in the Bible Belt. Yeah, to get yeah, yeah. I guess also in America, it's probably a lot more common, isn't it? Probably a lot of Nathaniels. Yeah, one of my top five, one of my top K rappers called you rap. His name's Nathaniel. There you go. There you go. I think we're definitely working now, so it's time to pull the plug. You bet. Um, but yeah, tell your friends we're back. You know, like you know, we're back. So you know, like back. Like Shout and about subscribe it. Subscribe and um, you know, or just 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 thanks for yeah. listening. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad you've listened to this because <laughs> we are back. Yeah, that's what I mean. It feels like there's a gap, but you know, it's there still a gap. there. There was a gap. We're still here. Still here. Still going. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. What do I do now? Stop video. Oh, look. No, have you stopped video? You stopped. Uh... Oh, I've stopped. <laughs> See, I forgot what I'm doing. Okay. Start video. Stop.